As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Rates and Barrels, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. It is Friday, October 1st. Derek Van Riper, Eno Saris, Bridgerly, all here with you on this Friday, the last Friday of the regular season. And to be honest, that felt a little, little cold snap in the air when I went outside to take Hazel out this morning. It actually felt like fall for the very first time for me in California. It felt like the seasons actually were changing just a little bit, but I'm not going to talk about the weather ever again because it'll just piss everybody off. <laughs> On this episode, we're going to talk about the still undecided AL wildcard race. Most of the playoff field is set. Most of the matchups are set, but we still have some things to look at with the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays this weekend. And of course, the NL West might come down to the final days, depending on how things play out with the Giants and Dodgers matchups this weekend. Giants hosting the Padres, Dodgers hosting the Brewers. We'll get into the teams that are in, some strengths, some weaknesses. And a few other topics along the way. Yes, we will talk about Devin Williams punching a wall because that is actually we have to, I guess, a story that we have to talk about. But we begin with the Yankees. They have the magic number down to one to get the first wild card in the AL. So it would take a collapse of epic proportions for the Yankees to fail to clinch that wild card three at home against Tampa Bay to close it out. And the Rays are locked in to their position as the best record in the American League. So they will have home field throughout the AL portion of the playoffs. Can we see a collapse? We talked about team entropy last week. Britt, is this Yankees team going to disappoint us and, and actually just do their job? Or do you think they'll actually uh, leave the door open to possibly whiff on what are extremely high playoff odds entering the weekend? Now, who do they got next? They go to Tampa Bay, right? They play yep. the Rays. I, you know, I think they make it in because I would be a little more swayed, guys. But after watching Boston lose two of three to the Orioles and then Toronto only being able to win one of those games at home. I think this is the Yankees. I, I don't think we see an epic collapse. What are the Rays really playing for these last couple of days? Anything? I, I, I think that's a great point because, you know, as Shane Baz and Drew Rasmussen could have gone this weekend, right? Those are two good pitchers that the Rays have. They could use them this weekend. They, I don't think they will. 
why would you throw Shane Baz against the Yankees when you might get the Yankees in the division series and you could throw Shane Baz, who they've never seen before, at them in uh, the division series? So I would expect that Shane Baz does not pitch, Drew Rasmussen does not pitch, and that they patch together something. They don't care if they lose a couple games. They've clinched home field. They've clinched uh, the playoffs. They don't want to show the Yankees anything that they've got, any tricks they have up their sleeves. So I think they, in in essence, will roll over. I mean, they'll, they'll win one or two, but there's no way that they're going to win all three and sweep the Yankees out of the playoffs, I don't think. It's going to be Nestor Cortez and Jordan Montgomery going on Friday and Saturday for the Yankees. I think we're going to see a little bit of Luis Severino at some are there any, on Sunday. Are there but, any starters announced for the race? Probably not. They, <laughs> it's TBD, TBD, and TBD. I mean, they previously, it, the order was going to be McClanahan, yeah, Shane Boz, and Michael Walker. I I could, they could let Waka go. Yeah, Sunday, right. Just go Walker to the Wolves. Like, will he even make the playoff roster? Yeah, right. There you go. It's just be Johnny, Johnny Holstaff for Tampa Bay, the whole, uh, the whole, series i feel like derek we forgot we forgot to tell the people guys what our plans are for the playoffs what we're doing here now that it's october on this show no, yeah so the, the big news of course if you don't stick around yes. to the end of episodes which is actually <laughs> Not a good a number of people that <laughs> <laughs> assumption on my part uh beginning tuesday at 11 30 eastern Unless the there's a game 163. Unless there's a game 163, we will have live streams of this podcast. So follow Rates and Barrels on YouTube. We'll, of course, tweet out the links when that becomes available. But we're going to break down everything on a daily basis every weekday, maybe occasionally on weekends, depending on what happens with the schedule. When and where there's drama, we will try and, and be there to discuss it. But be sure to check us out on YouTube. We'll have the pod version up. <laughs> you make it sound like after. we're going to be in the raincoats in front of the uh, in front of the storm. <laughs> Wait, are we not going to be in front <laughs> well, of the storm I'm, I'm in the raincoats? Gonna, no, I'm not. Wait a second. <laughs> I bought a new raincoat. Oh, all right, all right. Or... You're our on you're our on field reporter. <laughs> Do I even like, need a raincoat out here? Winds going behind you. That, I mean, <laughs> just as an aside, that's like a ridiculous thing that we want but like, do we want that from our news i always when i see that on the news it's like no. go get be safe get get out of there no you see an umbrella Why getting mangled khakis being drenched by torrential <laughs> downpours and you're like we know it's raining like you can just yeah, tell right, us thanks. that show you us the graphic like a, yeah send a drone out there or something show us the map with the big red blob on it exactly. we can kind of picture what that amount of water might look like but yes check out rates and barrels on youtube Live throughout the playoffs, 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific. Uh, if you're in Central or Mountain, you know, convert accordingly. The Red Sox are up a game on Toronto for the second wild card spot right now. Britt, you said they're... with the Mariners, right? Yeah, the Mariners are still hanging around too. And and I... Come on. Like, is is this really going to happen? Are the Red Sox really going to, to give this away? The Mariners are like sold out for the weekend. They announced like that they that they were sold like forty thousand tickets for each night uh, against a forty seven thousand capacity. So they're I don't know. I was watching that game last night. And I, I was wondering if the A's fans, the A's players, felt at all jealous <laughs> because uh, it was loud and uh, boisterous. And I think there is you know there's some research on this. I think that there is a, a tangible effect from fans. I mean, you know, Sam Miller had a great piece about it in ESPN about how they can actually move like the they can they can change the they can heat up the stadium for one. Like they can improve offense by heating up the stadium. 45,000 warm bodies actually <laughs> warms up an area. 
Um, and, uh, and, and then just generally, you know, just having all these people screaming every time you do something good, uh, is, is going to make you feel good. So, uh, I could see it, I, you know, it just feels like the Sox are backing into this and the Mariners have, you know, all the momentum, but momentum is all the, also the name of tonight's starting pitcher. Was that a Kurt Schilling, uh, quote? Uh, so who are the starting pitchers tonight in the Mariners and Sox games? Yeah, you got the uh, Marco Gonzalez on the mound for Seattle, and it's Jose Suarez going for the Angels. Uh, Chris Flexen goes on Saturday. These are not... Uh, They're lined up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they, these are the guys that they would want to have there. And the Angels, I, you know, no Otani this weekend. Uh, Jonathan Diaz, I think, is their starter on Saturday, or Reed Detmers would go on Sunday. Mm. So the edge clearly goes to Seattle just from a pitching standpoint. I mean, the it Angels looks offense, like a sweep. <laughs> Angels offense has been atrocious for months now. Yeah, you know, no Trout, no Rendon. They have been a complete mess. You know, Otani's no, been amazing, no but they've got nothing else. So I, I think this is a great setup for Seattle to really possibly steal the second wild card. It's been earned, but it just it's surprising to me that it's even available to them. It's and, amazing. I mean, can I be a fan for a second? I don't know about you guys. I'm pulling for Seattle. I think if you, <laughs> if you look at like the, the graphs right now, like I was so awkward. Like, it's oh, so awkward to admit something like that. We're not supposed to pull for anybody, but it's a, it's a I good story. <laughs> I, I think, I think it's amazing. I mean, the Red Sox have been kind of like backsliding, right? They just lost two or three to the Orioles, the Seattle. I think I saw some stat like over the last month or maybe even further back. Seattle's been the best team in the majors. This isn't like a two-week hot stretch, right? This has been a pretty prolonged period of them playing really well. Also, it's cool because they've been so bad for so long. Like, let Seattle have a wild card. Um, they wouldn't host it, obviously. But, hey, listen, I covered the 2019 Nationals, which two years ago today, a ball went through. This is Derek. probably need to put your earmuffs on as a Brewers <laughs> oh, fan. Is this the Grisham, uh, is this the oh, Grisham mistake? Yeah, it goes through his legs. And all of a sudden, the Nationals win, steal the wild card game, and win the World Series. Yeah. So, you know, Derek, uh, Derek, you're good now. I think you're good. <laughs> um, you know, anything can happen. And I just love that Seattle's going with the Ted Lasso believe signs everywhere. I love that they become this underdog. The Red mm. Sox arrived earlier than expected. They're going to be good for a while. If you're a Red Sox fan, it's hard to feel that bad about a team that really was projected to top out, what, 80 wins, 85 wins? Um, it's really hard to feel bad about the season that they've had, even if they can't see it all the way through. I would love for Seattle to be able to pull this off. It's what makes sports so great. They have absolutely no business doing this, as Derek said, and they still might do it. Yeah, I just think about the the caliber of most playoff rotations, not all, is just at a level above what the Mariners currently have. I think this is an organization yeah, that has a bright long-term future, but you get through the wild card game, how are they going to really stack up to the other but also in the also AL. let's just talk about this weekend like for example tonight uh you know Marco Gonzalez is a fine pitcher he and the Mariners are bad but he's uh favored by Fangraphs at a 55 56% level uh but Eduardo Rodriguez against Josh Rogers uh is favored at a 66% level so uh you know the, the all things Equal, like the Red Sox are a better team now, <laughs> so yeah. they it, it could still it could still work out that they get through. I maybe it's set up for one sixty three. You know, maybe they both sweep. Well, how are the how are the Nationals doing? I mean, they're gonna they're running running out Josh Rogers and is is Josiah Gray gonna go this weekend? Um, I don't know. I don't think I've seen all their probables, but yeah. I mean, 
listen, I think the issue with the Red Sox is they just haven't been playing well. Like I said, right. they lost two or three of the Orioles. And and they're down, what, their two best bullpen arms? So even if they make it to a wild card game, it's just not set up super well. Though, as you guys said, Seattle has some issues. Look, there are a lot of teams I was looking today in the AL outside of Tampa have issues, right? Like Houston's got two pitchers that they can really rely on. McCullers and um, Valdez, pretty much, right? So you look at the White Sox, and they haven't been playing that well. They they clinched the division a while ago, but they haven't been playing their best baseball by any means. So outside of Tampa Bay, you look at the AL, and you look at teams like Seattle and Boston and the Yankees, and it's kind of wide open, isn't it? If somebody can manage to knock off Tampa Bay, we could have like an absolute like March Madness, everyone's brackets busted, total chaos in the AL. I don't even think Tampa's bullpen looks as good as it does la- did last year. I know the numbers are still there, but I'm not sure that it looks the same. I mean, I just don't see like that Fairbanks and Anderson combo there uh, this year. So I think that I think that your general point, your, your larger point is right. Like, I think there's not really a favorite in these playoffs. I mean, uh, the Dodgers could lose a wild card game. And then, you know, uh, we've been, everyone's been sort of second guessing the Giants all year on the NL side, right? So, uh, and the Brewers, uh, I guess this is where we can talk about losing uh, Devin Williams. Uh, I, I mean, I, I would have thought the Brewers were a, a favorite on the National League side, um, especially if you told like, especially given they're such their great three front three starters and the, then the bullpen, but the bullpen's taken a hit. The offense hasn't been uh, there for them this month. And they've, they've been looking pretty ordinary, just losing a bunch of games to the Cardinals. And I mean, I guess everybody's been doing that, but <laughs> <laughs> losing Devin Williams to a drunken uh, celebration, uh, punching wall accident is, uh, not a good omen, perhaps. <laughs> and it does a, it does weaken them a little bit. celebration incident. I don't think that was a happy wall punch. Right, right. Yeah. I don't think that really exists. Too much to drink. He did. There was some picture of him almost in like the Edward Forty hands. And I have to tell you, nothing good has happened to me when I did Edward Forty hands. So <laughs> nothing good ever happened to anybody doing Edward Forty hands. No, no. Like, Why is that or... even an idea? I, I don't even know. <laughs> Because people know. have duct tape and and beer and forties, yeah, forties, and, and are dumb. <laughs> and Johnny Depp, you know, was yeah, amazing with scissor hands, and someone got this drunk watching that movie twenty ideas. years ago. <laughs> oh man, that's so bad. The here's the thing about the Devin Williams injury. It, it's a big one. A big part of the Brewers' strength is being able to basically end a game after the sixth inning because mm-hmm. you can mix and match your other relievers. They have a good bullpen. And then go Williams Hader in the eighth and ninth. Now you have to take some guys like Hunter Strickland, like Jake Cousins if he's healthy, like Brad Boxberger, and push them into that eighth inning role. And you have to rely on younger guys like Aaron Ashby for big outs, like more than you would have otherwise. The bigger concern for me with the Brewers is the offense. And it even is the health of Willie Adames. That quad is still a bit of a problem for him. He's obviously a key part of what they've done offensively when their offense has been able to hit at various points during the summer. Yelich still hasn't come back around. There've been a he couple of times. He doesn't have ten homers. He has nine homers. I know. So I, weird. I, I don't. I don't understand what's wrong here. I continue to think it's a health-related problem. You know, playing back. through some kind of injury, like the back or something. But I, I don't have a clear answer. I, I think if the, if the Brewers, if the Brewers are going to actually win in the postseason, it's because the offense 
showed up enough. Like it, the pitching is going to be fine even without Williams. I think they have yeah. enough depth relievers to mix and match and get away with it. I, I really do. Didn't but you if have they, some stat they win, about, they about you had a tweet about the worst offenses that have yeah. won it all or something? Or you yeah. you had a tweet where like you laid out the WRC plus of the winning team. Right, because the the Brewers' offense is a below average offense, and it's weird to see a like a well below average offense win the World Series. And the last team to have an offense like this was the '95 Braves. They had a '92 WRC plus, and that was the Glavin, Maddox, and Smoltz Braves. Which, if you look at Burns and Woodruff and Peralta, right, the shoe sort of yeah. fits. Like they built a team that's very similar. The offense is okay. When it's not good, postseason baseball is weird. You can have a crappy offense all year, and random guys show up, and that's sort of the thing that they need to swing in their favor. Seems to happen, yeah, because yeah. their their star is like not Colton Wong. Like I'm not saying Colton Wong's been bad this year, but I'm just saying like Colton Wong dominates a series. You're right. Like, yeah. Luis Urias hits like four homers in a five game series or something. You know, like these are not impossible things. These are not bad players, but they need these okay players, these good players to like find another level to, to, to beat some of these teams that are out there, especially if they're up against like the Dodgers or giants, I think for a series, they're going to need, they're going to need some unlikely heroes or some guys to step up a little bit. Yeah, that happens though. That happens yeah. all the time. I feel like every year we're writing about like a Randy or Rosarena, right? Like someone having their like coming out party, the Cardinals, I feel like are always famous for like having some random dude. No one's heard of, well, all of a sudden gets these big hits. So it's not out of the realm. I forgot. Yeah, Paul DeYoung is going to win the wild card game for them. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, what? How did this happen? Like, <laughs> but you look at the Giants, and that's basically the Giants all year, right? Like mm. they got Scott Casimir starting tonight against Madison Bumgarner trying to win the NL West. Like just how you drew it up, right? Like exactly <laughs> how we all drew it up. Uh, you know, I, I did forget that the Brewers have Hunter Strickland, which means they now have Two pitchers who have punched walls on their oh, staff, that's right, correct, that's right, awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, so they got got that going for them, which is nice. And they um, could go up against the Braves, uh, and we could get three in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Oh, someone get Elias. That's got to be some kind of right. You're right. <laughs> well, we should that's a talk Jason about Stark stat if you've ever heard one. <laughs> really is looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We should talk about Atlanta for a moment because they're an improbable playoff team just because of, again, Marcelo Zuna suspended or unavailable for his own reasons. I mean, domestic violence case for him. So who knows when he'll be back in the future. I actually don't care when he comes back, but Acuna got hurt. That's a huge one. They had long stretches without some of their best pitchers this year. 
they had the active trade deadline and they they ended up cobbling together a roster that was good enough. They took advantage of the Mets slide and actually won the division, which is pretty amazing. And I think they seem like a team people are sleeping on a little bit on the NL side, especially. I mean, the two teams I think no one really wants to talk about in the postseason in the national conversation are Atlanta and the White Sox. I don't know why people don't want to talk about the White Sox. They're fun as hell. But Atlanta, they look kind of dangerous to me on paper. They have a pretty well-balanced offense. Austin Riley has stepped up. Freddie Freeman can still hit an MVP level. Even with the losses they've had, that is an above-average lineup. Their big three in their rotation is good, and they've got an A bullpen that's at least solid. So I look at Atlanta, and I see a team that can actually match up just fine, especially with the Brewers team struggling to score runs, but probably with even the other big teams in the NL. So am I missing something with Atlanta? Is there a big flaw with this team that I'm overlooking? Yes, they never win in the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) The history. Um, You know, they never get past the first round. Yeah, it's been, I don't know how long, you would have to look it up, but um, I think that makes people hesitant, right? Like there's been better Braves teams that have fallen early. And if you're a Braves fan, you're just like, oh, God, I've seen this script before. I can't get excited. Although eventually, not to go back to the Nationals, but that narrative has to change eventually. And you have to win a playoff series. And once they get that like proverbial monkey off their back, could they all of a sudden be like, cool, let's just have fun and play. No one expects us to win. So I agree with you. They could be a dangerous team if they get out of that first round for that reason. I wish more people were talking about some of the stuff they're doing. Like Dancy Swanson, I feel like I didn't realize he was as good as he is. You watch this team and you watch a team that lost really Acuna is probably a top five player in baseball, right? At this point, we can probably agree. He's in the conversation mm-hmm. around there For sure, um, yeah. to, to lose a guy like that and to still be able to win a division. Yes, it was a bad division. Uh, yes, the Mets collapse helped, but you're right. I mean, they're, they're a team that doesn't have too many obvious flaws, um, and I've kind of stopped predicting the playoffs because it really just comes down to whatever team is going to be the hottest team for two and a half, three weeks. Right. Oh, like, oh yeah. Some personal it. news. Yeah. I'm going to be making picks, uh, I think on the game <laughs> level, all, all, all postseason, uh, for the betting side. So, uh, watch me go down in flames. <laughs> and we're going to, we're, we're going to do that here next week too. So we can all yeah. like tease each other. Oh, God. But uh, I guess, you know, the one thing I would say is that their bullpen is a little suspect. Um, it's it, it's like the kind of bullpen I could see, you know, working through 162. But then when you get to the playoffs and your back end is Will Smith, Luke Jackson and Tyler Matzek. Mm, I mean, maybe Matzek's been pretty lights out, but he also walks five per nine. Uh, Luke Jackson, uh, has been way better than his expected numbers. And Will Smith is down to 92 and a half, which is below average velocity for, for, a cl- for a closer, for a, a late inning reliever. So I could see some better teams, uh, you know, being able to hit that bullpen. Well, I think it's going to come down to how effective the starters are the third time through. I mean, you get Morton Freed, Ian Anderson, Wasker. Yeah, because it's also not the deepest bullpen. So it's like, right. yeah, if you're asking those guys to mo- do multiple innings or do like four outs and five outs, then they're going to get stretched and it's going to get, uh, it could get ugly. But yeah, a they, soft underbelly. They, uh, yeah, they do have the lineup to cover for it, though, a little bit. Some of their mistakes. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, they, they can the score. Runs. They can but, score for sure. 
Yeah, I think they're at least six deep in the lineup, even without Acuna, and totally agree. Top five guy, no question in terms of real value beyond fantasy. He was a 1-1 guy, but even in, in real baseball, it's obviously not that far behind. But Freeman, Riley, Albies, Swanson, Adam Duvall at least provides power. Travis Darnot is an above-average hitting catcher. And you go with guys like Eddie Rosario, Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler. They're not bad players either. I think that's a... That's a scary thing about this Atlanta team. There might not be that many easy at-bats for opposing pitching staffs, which is saying a lot about the work they did to patch up the holes on this roster. Uh, but since people don't seem to want to talk about the White Sox, why don't we talk about the White Sox? <laughs> I think they've got one, one problem that they can solve in a five-game series, and I'm curious to see how they solve it in a seven-game series. And the big problem is they got to get to the Astros to even make it to the LCS, but... It's going to be a fun matchup. And the White Sox pitching, I think, is perfectly fine for a five-game series. You have issues with Carlos Rodon's health right now. Five-game series lets you work around that. You can tandem start him with Michael Kopech if you want to. I think that's a viable solution. If Rodon gives you two or three, Kopech gives you three, you get five or six combined from those guys, and they've got enough short relief depth where they can cobble it together. This is a bullpen I think people are maybe overlooking a little bit in terms of its quality perhaps one of the best all-around bullpens in the postseason oh it's nasty it's yeah. so nasty yeah. they, they've got like some of the top arms in baseball in that bullpen. if this gets to the bullpen houston's in trouble because houston in my mind only has like two three guys they really trust in that bullpen so if this becomes a series of bullpens chicago to me has the total advantage here oh my god um, dude the crotchet rocket Hendricks, Kimbrell, uh, Aaron Bummer is is awesome. Like he's got this awesome sinker, dude. He has a ninety one percent ground ball rate in the last month. Michael Kopech, and then Ronaldo Lopez is going to be the 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 middle innings guy, and you know he's up to ninety seven. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's really difficult. One of the most difficult things I think sometimes is to 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 see how good a team really is in a bad division. Because you're like, well, they put up these great numbers, but they're playing the Royals and the Tigers, and like, you know, like it's it's pretty easy sledding for them. But when I look at that bullpen, I'm like, oh man, like this is a legit ass team. <laughs> like this is a seriously, this is a this is a contender. Uh, and in fact, I think you know, chalk might be the White Sox uh, in the AL because. Uh, you've got everything you need in terms of standout starters, a rock solid bullpen, and then the lineup is is I mean, it's really good, right? I guess the lineup is where you kind of okay, you know, Robert and um, uh, 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 Eloy, they are they can chase, right? I guess you yeah. can you can kind of pitch they're, to them. They're really right handed heavy too, aren't they? Righty heavy, yeah, yeah. So, so a, a righty-heavy pitching staff could maybe chew him up a little bit. But Yasmani Grandal's been on fire. I was tweeting about this, I don't know, a couple days ago. And he has put together really the best slash line of his career. And mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that always is a, a tough at bat, very patient hitter. But you think about and, and, you know, Jose Abreu. This is an interesting aside on Grandal. Um, so he has, like, the best uh, chase rate of his career this year and, like, the best walk rate and, like, um, you know, so I'd wanted to talk to him about that. And I talked to some people around the team, uh, about it because he, he, he did, he, he, he said he had nothing for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, what it turns out is, uh, his knee was hurt 
and he didn't have the power to really turn on stuff. So he was just like, all right, the best thing I can do for this team is just take a bunch of walks. And so then he came back and his knee was healthy and he's combining the sort of best approach of his career with better health. I think that's, that's a good recipe, but it's interesting that it was born of an injury. That's yeah. yeah that's a really cool tidbit, you know? Yeah, he said so, he had nothing for you, but Eno said, "You know what? I got yeah, something for you." Yeah, I gotta <laughs> still salute this one out. <laughs> but this is a little bit like the Atlanta lineup, top to bottom, really strong because you've got Abreu kind of in that Freddie Freeman role. You've got Grandal and Robert and Eloy Jimenez being healthy. Tim Anderson should have been mentioned earlier in that list. He's Who is the fantastic. lefty then? Is Moncada a switchy switcher? Uh, no, yeah, yeah, Moncada's a switch hitter, and Vaughn, I guess. Are those their primary lefties? Yeah, and uh, Grandal switch hits. Grandal switch. Okay. Yeah, yeah so that's they're your, really that's right, guys. right-handed heavy. Although Tony LaRusso probably factors into some game, some decision at some stretch during this series, right? Don't you just kind of know something's coming? <sighs> he just – what's going to happen – if if they do well, he's going to get more credit than he deserves, which is, is just awful. If he makes a, a catastrophic mistake, I feel bad in the sense that I like the core of this team, but I'll be happy that he will get the criticism that he deserves. So really, really <laughs> torn on this one. I kind of want him to do something stupid, but uh, I mean, what's, he, what's his reputation? His reputation is, is uh, to take the starting pitchers out early. Right. So I guess it would be like, he took a starting pitcher out too early, but I just don't see this bullpen kind of blowing it for him. I think this team is yeah. kind of made for him, you know? <laughs> it really is. He can push really the buttons is. and nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, like, what's he, what's he going to do? Take somebody out too early and put Michael Kopech in and Kopech's going to blow it? I mean, it's possible. Kopech had some stumbles down the stretch. But Kopech is also probably going to be blowing 100 in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, nobody second guesses that. Like, going yeah. to that bullpen, no one's Exactly, yeah. Why'd you put so... Kopech in? Why'd you put the guy in that throws 100? Yeah, how dare you uh, put in 100. like yeah, how dare you use two of the league's top like top relievers yeah. in big yeah. moments in the playoffs. So yeah. I'll be at that series at least early on, the first two in Houston. So that's gonna be a really fun series. I'm really looking forward to watching both of those teams. I think that might go five. I think that might that has a chance to be a really, really good series. Yeah, and I think I think I might be picking uh I'm I'm writing my bold predictions right now. And I think I might be predicting the uh, bold predicting the Astros to win it all. So uh, I'm telling you, people that first series is going to be huge. That I think yeah. that first series actually, in some ways, might be like the series in the AL. You know? Yeah. Well, what's interesting about the Astros is they're going to probably put Zach Greinke in the bullpen, right? At least for that first playoff series. So mm-hmm. he kind of has a little X factory to me. Like, what if he's like just dominant out of the bullpen and like because he throws all the crazy different speeds? Right. Like, I don't he know. He will like, be. A, if- he will be a weird guy to come in. Like, if he came out after McCullers, you're like, you're you're up for 97, and then in comes this finesse like power change yeah. weirdo, you know, who also he's just a he's just a strange guy. <laughs> I love him to death. Just saw him. So- he said the neck the neck is fine, um, and. We were talking a little bit about the strikeout rate and that uh, he said his strikeout rate was uh, down this year, partially uh, due to some just some randomness and then partially uh, due to actually intention. Um, He said that the plan for him this year was to uh, be the innings guy. And so there was a there was like a focus on kind of eating up innings, uh, being the guy that that saved the bullpen, going deep into games 
and not necessarily uh, trying to waste a ton of pitches, trying to strike everybody out. Hmm. So, I mean, th- if that was the plan, it mostly worked. You know, he's he was the horse for them. And yeah. uh, and it and it worked out okay. It is nerve wracking to kind of look at a six K nine on Granky and 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 the age and just be like, ooh, it is bizarre. I, I think you know something Britt mentioned earlier the the trust level in the rotation. I think it runs deeper than McCullers and Valdez. I think with Garcia, it's just a matter of not letting him face the opposing lineup a third time. His third time through the order splits are brutal. His ERA I think is over six. Third Luis time Garcia. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, he's got a he deep so arsenal. many pitches. Yeah, yeah I, I was really surprised by that. Maybe so I he think loses they, velo or something. They may have to give him a quicker hook in the postseason than they would in the regular season. But, but then they have Christian Javier. Like he's yeah. going to be a great guy to uh, to to soak up innings in the middle. You got Javier. You got Odorizzi for some bulk there, and Jose yeah. Urquidy's healthy too. I think that's sort of a, a kind of an X factor for them is Jose Urquidy being healthy I and think, effective. Yes, I think McCullers and maybe Fromber are going to be the only sort of pencil in uh you know four or five inning starters you know i think everybody yeah. else is just going to be like okay we're going to take this guy we're we're going to put mm-hmm. this guy in you know it's just going to be like two or three innings at a time from people there's i think it, i think they're really set up well i think the the all of their guys do something different you know odorisi is different granky is different yeah. you know fromber is different each each guy is totally different so you know i think the best teams uh right now in terms of what i know of uh the analytics that are being uh done um, are 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 modeling uh, swing paths and pitch shapes in tandem uh, to be able to say like um, you know it's funny because batter versus pitcher is like the worst stats in baseball like the whole like oh this guy's three for ten against him we should play him you know like that's like the least informative stat in baseball is like the the guy like how really? he's done yeah it really is it means nothing what means if he's nothing. like. 70 what if it's a huge sample size you still start that guy i think even then it's it, it hasn't been predictive it hasn't been shown to be predictive because you're if, if it's that then you're talking about a guy who has faced that guy over a whole career so like how how important is it that young young version of him played well against young version right like now you're talking about old version of him versus right like if you're talking about uh, Joey Votto against Adam Wainwright or something like maybe they have uh, a lot of matchups, but this is now Joey Votto versus now Wainwright, which how relevant is that to when Wainwright was throwing 94? You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's interesting I, though, because more old school baseball is like he sees this guy well. Like, there's something true. in his delivery that this guy picks up. And, and I'm willing to listen, maybe when you're talking about like 50, 60 plate appearances, some of those guys exist there, but there's a very few of them. And a lot of times it's like, oh, he's three for 10. And you're just like, come on, <laughs> like three, what's three for 10 mean? Nothing. Guys know though, when they're like, oh, for like 20 off a guy. Oh, the players to, know. Oh, they sure. definitely yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I just don't think it's that informative for analysis, but what they're trying to do now is model the whole interaction beyond just the names on the jerseys. So now you're saying, okay, this is a flat swing guy. And, and what we have here is these kind of pitches with this kind of attack angle. Oh, this is a good matchup for the hitter. Right? So that's the kind of the work that's being done. Um, And I'm sure that if the work is being done, the Astros have done it. I mean, they have the, some of the frontline analytics in, in baseball. So when I look at that starting rotation, I see, Oh, they have all sorts of different pitch shapes that they can throw. 
And so they're going to be like, oh, man, these like Fromber's curve is just super excellent here. You know what I mean? Like they're going to be like Javier's breaking ball is what we need right here. Or or uh, Odorizzi's splange, his, his split finger or whatever. That's what we need for these hitters. So I see a lot of different types of pitch shapes that all are really good. And uh, and and like an interchangeability where they're just going to be able to like hopefully hopefully hit all the right buttons. You know, some of it depends on Dusty, but I actually I, I'm a fan of Dustin's. And Astros have the best offense in the league based on WRC. And that's plus. a good. That's a great place to start, and yeah. and the most contact. So they are a problem for everyone, whether that's the White Sox in the first round if they win, it's face the Rays, whoever later on. Like that's that's the issue. They can out hit any problems their pitching has, and their pitching might be underrated. So yeah, exactly. Uh, still a very dangerous team, but like I, I feel like we're just in for. A lot of great matchups in this postseason. If, even if there's chaos sprinkled in with a few teams on the NL side, that yeah, September's been a dud, but I'm hoping October won't be. No, I, I think October is going to uh, deliver in a very big way. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One other thing I was looking at for the schedule, by the way, if we get to a game 163 that involves the Red Sox, they'd at least have Nathan Evaldi lined up for that. If the Jays were to get to one, uh, I think it'd be Jose Barrios. So those teams at least have good pitchers ready to go, whereas Seattle would it, it would be a, a back-end guy that They'd be underdogs, but anything's possible. Would it be Logan? Scenario. Gilbert, I think, would Friday, be... Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Ooh, it would be... Gilbert would be on short rest, I think. Yeah, it'd be... Uh, no, no, be no he went Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, he'd be good on full rest. I think it'd, it'd, be would, it'd be Logan Gilbert. So, a big test for him. Which, I, if, which uh, we, you know, we're a big fan of his, but that's uh, probably not on the same level as having Yavaldi. <laughs> Definitely not on the same level as having Barrios. No, yeah. no, it's just it's kind of good fortune, I would say, for Boston and Toronto to be at that part of their rotation because it'd be a lot different throwing Martin Perez or Steven Matz out there in that spot. Meanwhile, the NL wildcard game could be like Max Scherzer, Adam Wainwright. Like, could be just like must watch, must view. Yeah. Like, if you guys are the Dodgers now, do you do you stop trying to win the division? Like, at what point do you stop trying to win the division because you know, it the- may hurt you on the wildcard end? I, the- I don't know. I think I think you sh- I think they should because Fangraphs has them at nine uh, percent, uh, but Max Bay was running some simulations and said it was like uh, under three percent. I think hmm. so. Uh, you know what? That, that's not really big odds, and it, and I think you can also kind of play it game to day day to day because you you kind of need what do you need? You need the Giants to lose two games. So the Giants are up two, and then you like yeah. So cool. I think if the Giants win tonight, then then you're just like, okay, we're yeah. arresting people. We're, you know, no, no important starter is going to go. We're just, we're just going to play these two out. 
I mean, you could try it. It's bullpen games and maybe just win anyway, if that's possible. But yeah, eventually, if you push yourself into a game 163 or the wild card game because you stretched yourself out and you're not even ready for the wild card game, that's a horrible spot to be in. So I think you're right, Britt, at a certain point. It probably is after Friday night. If it's and they don't even want like do they want a 163? Because then it's like you play, you have to like put these resources into this game 163, and you're if you lose, you're in the wild card game, and you use your resources for the 163. Like, would you use Max Scherzer for the 163? No. Well, if they went to 163, you also have Walker Bueller, so you are a little, you are right. I guess so. Yeah, but you're right. It messes stuff up. Like you wouldn't I, I want just, to use your best starter in 163 where the you know when the losing situation is a one and done game the next day. Right. Anything else that's uh of interest to either of you going into this final weekend? It's been, been a fun regular season. I mean, we have fantasy championships obviously coming down to the final days too, but what else are you guys excited about this weekend? I hope it's not shot in for it. I, I, it's just legit interest. I'm wondering if what happens with Jace Tingler at the end of the season. That was something that in our reporting on the piece that came out today in San Diego um, went back and forth. You know, there was uh, there were there were people that were sure he was going to stay and people were sure he was going to go. Um, yeah. And it and it speaks a little bit to uh, the the theme of our piece, which is uh, that Preller has his guys, more, you know, quote unquote, and they're mostly uh, mostly from Texas for some reason. Uh, I don't think that the Rangers won a lot of games with those guys in leadership roles, but uh, he's brought the band back together for some reason. Um, you no, know, that's and I'm glad you pointed that out because I was going to read that paragraph because I found that the most sickening part of the entire story. I know it's part of baseball everywhere, but these GMs get to just hire their buddies, and then when things don't go well, they hire more of their buddies. Yeah, and that's how this whole thing works. And you know, in the Rangers' case, they're like, "Yeah, take them." Like, no opposition. Chris Young's cleaning house on a lot of the stuff that's going on over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and several of the people that are now going to be in San Diego, I haven't heard anything good about. So, yeah. if they weren't good enough to be in Texas, and Texas was like, "Yeah, take them, whatever," why are they the answer for a Padres team that needs to get back on track? Other than the fact that. They're from the same area that AJ Preller is from. Like, again, this isn't just the Padres. It happens everywhere. Um, but it is just honestly one of the most sickening parts about pro baseball is it's all about climbing the ladder, then hiring your buddies. And then if you get fired, one of your buddies that you hired is going to hire you. Hire you. So you, yeah. have, you have a soft landing. And round and round we go. And people wonder why there's no diversity. There's no different voices. There's no women. There's no minorities. Because this is what like keeps happening. But there's nothing to stop it happening. AJ Preller yeah. doesn't interview people for a farm director opening. He knows he's going to go get yeah. his butt. Right? Yeah, was there like, an interview process? Did you, yeah, it's such a did weird you talk to anybody? Thing. Did you yeah, like, post why, that job why? anywhere? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what are the credentials of these guys? What makes Chris Dahlia a, an expendable Rangers front office guy, but really a must have for the San Diego Padres? Yeah. I'd love and- to know. I had I had a couple of links that didn't make it to the final piece, but uh, I think are worth uh, saying here. Uh, some people may react to um, discussion of uh, sort of diversity and being like, oh, you know, yawn, you're just being woke, whatever. Diversity for diversity's sake is not worth it. I'm sorry to tell you, but the research is definitive on this, that uh, companies led by diverse leadership do better. You know, this is it's just that's. That's truth. That's a truth. Companies led by with a collaborative work environment do better. 
both of those things are not happening in San Diego, and it is yeah. part of what you're talking about. It is a, a lack of, and 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 diversity is 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 tough in baseball because there's just not often a lot of talented. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a it's an endemic problem where it's like, well, there's nobody to choose from, and you know that that to, to some point that's true. Like it's full of white males, so like how? Do, but there's also the idea of diversity of thought and diversity of background. Yes, exactly and, like, what I was talking about. Th- right, and that and that's that's not really represented there either. You know, <laughs> right. you're either in yeah. the like we all went to Harvard business school, you know, group, you know, yeah. or you're in the, like, we all were scouts in the Rangers organization group or whatever, you know, like it, it's uh it is the a sort of buddy system that, uh, and, and, you know, to, to, to people that are trying to break in uh, you know, it is, it is important to know this and to know this going in. And it's something, an advice I would give to someone that's young and trying to break into baseball is that it is who you know on some level. And what you know is important. But even if you're going to be a coach or work with people, like how you present yourself, how you present the knowledge, how you uh, you comport yourself with, with, with people in the office, there is no getting away from politics, from office politics. Office politics is humans interacting with humans. You know, you're not going to have an office where that doesn't exist, right? So, like, yeah. you know, if if you, if someone listening to this knows their crap down to the T, knows all of the research, knows everything about pitching or everything about hitting, and just just can't wait to tell the team and and coach people in this, remember, remember, there are other people, and if you think they are a holes, they think you're an a hole. Yeah, exactly, and that's the issue with Preller, and that's what makes me kind of worried about San Diego is when you surround yourself by. Yes, men, right? Like if the three of us all thought the same thing all the time, who would listen to this podcast? Mm. Isn't the fun when like, Damn, you know, Cardinals co- take, e- you know, it. comes out with the numbers <laughs> and I'm like, man, you know, like um, that's part of the fun. And that's what like Cardinals devil stuff. magic. I'm like, no, they're a bad team. Like, Shut up, Brittany. You don't know anything. <laughs> Come on, Nick. That team can't possibly go to the playoffs. How would that happen? <laughs> we just laughed at her. Dude. We didn't but even that, take it serious. I, I kept, I, I kept oh. my laughter quiet. I, chuckled, oh, I, I chuckled think I off laughed mic, out loud, you know? dude. I'm sorry. No, guys. I'm telling you. But no, it, it's true. That's how innovation happens. You get people who are not afraid to call you out or say no. And I just don't know how many people in San Diego now will be like, hey, AJ, that's a bad move. Don't do this. Like, how many people are okay voicing displeasure or okay mm-hmm. standing up and arguing? Like, I'm reading a book about The Wire right now, and which was a great, you know, best show on television, arguably. And they talk about these writers' meetings where they screamed at each other because they had a guy who was like former police, and then they had a guy who was like former politics, and they would Whoa. just scream at each other. And in the end, they all met somewhere and it made these great scripts. So yeah. I kind of see that for organizations, right? Like, diversity of thought. Like, they, yeah. you, you can all look the same and still have diverse experiences. Backgrounds. Um, yeah. That's what I think. They're lacking. And that's what I think a lot of these organizations lack. And so when the guy at the top can't see his blind spot, nobody wants to point it out to him. So you got like an emperor wearing no clothes situation, right? Where they're just waltzing around and no one's going to say, hey, you're wrong. Hey, you're naked. Um, I think that's kind of what's going on in San Diego. Yeah. And there, and there are more changes to come that uh, will that'll make you sound very prescient in what you're saying. So uh, the uh, the uh, it's not done yet. And it's and it's it's a tightening of the wagons when at a time when he needs uh, more voices in there, I think. So anyway, that's, that's something I, it's, the story is not told yet. And he says uh, he'll speak publicly at the end of the season. So I wonder what he will say then. 
By the way, check out the piece on The Athletic. You can check it out. 50% off a subscription at theathletic.com slash rates and barrels. I have one very passing thought. We're going to save this for more of an in-depth conversation once we get to the offseason when the hires are actually happening and we know which teams have GM openings. But we've already sort of speculated on what could the Mets do? It's going to be a big splashy hire. Is it going to be Theo? Is it going to be Billy Bean? And I'm curious to know if there will be a point in the Mets search where Raquel Ferreira is even a serious consideration for the job. Because when we talked about Kim Ang being hired by the Marlins, we kind of said, when's it going to happen again? What's next? Is this the beginning of a, an actual like sea of change? Or is this just one big moment that's not going to be followed up for a long, long time? And based on qualifications, Raquel Ferreira is as qualified as anyone to be a GM of a major league team. And I don't think I've heard or seen her name linked to that job yet. It'd be pretty weird for a team that needs to completely overhaul its culture to not even consider hiring her. And this is the, I'm not saying I'm mentioning it first. Give me an award. I'm saying the people that report on this, are they even going to speculate that she's a candidate? I don't think they will. I don't have that kind of faith in people. Well, sorry. uh, There's, there's partially, you know, her, her bona fides, but then there's just, it's Sandy. Like, yeah, it's Sandy. Ooh, we'll save it, this for the offseason because I have many thoughts on that as well. Like, yeah, totally. Nothing totally. in Sandy's track record says he's going to hire. <laughs> like, nothing. Says, like, there's he that, didn't even yeah. know who she was because he said he couldn't have checked with anybody that was at the same level as Jared Porter. That was a woman. Meanwhile, yeah. I know Meanwhile, two... Raquel was his boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I know multiple women after that who reached out and were like, I can help the Mets or bring me on as a consultant, like high ranking yeah. women, and yeah. nothing cricket. I, you can't help people who don't want to be helped, Derek. And I just, you know, it there I think is. Sandy lot... sees this as like, uh, 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 like the athletic. It's I, a problem with the athletic. Yeah. That's, he said yeah. that. He said that. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's, oh, it's not, not a, it's not a problem with me. It's just the athletic. The athletic just wants to cancel everybody. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't think that's our, our core mission here as, as a company. And again, I wasn't trying to like start a fire and run out the door. I've got another place I have to be, but where we should all be, we should all be here on Tuesday at 1130 a.m. Eastern, 830 a.m. Pacific for live rates and barrels throughout the playoffs. So that is going to wrap things up for this episode of Rates and Barrels. But we are back with you on Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.